Hello, and welcome back to another edition of your favorite political podcast. It's your boy, Day. And I'm David, and together we are Call oh, Me Limbo. Limbo. Yes, today, we just kind of wanted to talk about whatever we're thinking about, just because there's so much going on. And um, yeah, so it's like there, there may not, there may be a theme that emerges throughout this, but we don't necessarily have a given theme right now. So other than kind of like grab a bag. Um, so yeah, what are you, what's on your mind lately? What are you uh, thinking about? What is it? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about the fact that the world is watching millions of people in Gaza be subject to collective punishment um, after just talking about how horrendous it was when Hamas did it. So it's really weird to me how standards are easily forgotten or, you know, the bias that people can have. I think for me, it's been really weird watching, watching how people discuss Israel versus Palestine this past week and a half, two weeks has truly not only radicalized my sympathy for the people of Palestine, I mean, I've always thought what was happening there was terrible, but it's also made me, it's so many parallels to the way that black and brown people are discussed in America to me. And I guess sometimes you can forget because you're like, oh, they're somewhere else in the world. So that that's not going to be the thing, but it is like, there's a level of Islamophobia mixed with, you know, just discrimination. And I, I remember looking at the headlines and it's like, they talk about just everyday Palestinians, like calling them animals and murderers because all this dehumanizing language makes it easy to justify doing committing atrocities. Like you literally cut off power to hospitals and you told 1 million people to move in 24 hours as if that's something feasible when you and the country are next to them, Egypt, are both committed to keeping them locked in this air prison. Like, I don't know. To me, it's it's wild to see people championing this. And that's not to say that what's happening, what happened to Israel is not horrendous. It is. But we know who was responsible for that. Hamas. But instead of doing a strategic, a, you know, a strategic military effort to get them, especially considering they're, they have one of the best militaries in the world, you're just choosing to open warfare on millions of innocent people when half the population of Gaza is like children and young people with like an average age of, I think is around 16 to 19. So I don't know. I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone reading. It's like when Ukraine and Russia just went through all of this, I don't remember the language being the same. Yeah. I'm still going through it. Yeah. I was like, I don't remember them ever saying just burn all the Russians down or like kill all the Russians. Like, yeah, the people disliked Putin, but it was never this. But like now with Palestine, it's just like, oh, just kill them all. Oh. Mow the grass, level and ground, flatten them. Or as as I think Nikki Haley might have said, one of them, one of those presidential people running on nonsense. So I don't know. I've been really, really sad about it because it's shown, it ex, it's exposed a lot of ugliness in people and their rhetoric. And I don't think that Honestly, I don't think they're aware of it, but I think as a person of color who often sees this type of framing in the media when it comes to Black people here, I've just been really, really, really shocked by it. It's, I don't know, 
it's it's a familiar playbook, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say I had a high school teacher who had a um, sign in his classroom that said like history may not repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. And so yeah, I was gonna say like it is it is familiar. Um, I agree with everything that you said, and I've been really curious or like I've been really interested in so many like politicians and like I got an I got an email earlier from my like grad school alma mater about like the the ongoing situation over in the Middle East and it was really interesting about how they they talked about how um they supported an, an environment of free expression and the institution does not take a stance either way and so I, while I can understand that, I've been really interested in a lot of statements that have come out recently about some folks who can't even say Palestine or like what, what I think is interesting is like, what is, what is excluded, right? Like, so what, what isn't being said? And, um, yeah, I was like, I, I've been interested too, to see certain statements come out that aren't, that don't necessarily mean anything. Um, it reminds me of kind of during, during COVID when things were just first starting, where I was like all of these companies and everybody, like everybody had to rush to issue a statement as to how they were feeling about, about what was going on. And like, we're all in this together. And I think about like, yes, we were, and we're still in this together. We are still inhabitants of the globe and like what happens what it may not be happening in in my neighborhood or my backyard but like what is happening um around the world impacts all of us and i was like i i i it's it's complex for me because sometimes i feel like sometimes i feel like i agree with malcolm x where like violence might sometimes be the answer. And that's really hard to say and to think about. Um, but most of the time, and most of the time, I would prefer a peaceful resolution as um, as to what's going on. I remember in ninth grade, my ninth grade social studies class, so I was 15 years old, learning about Israel we were like learning about world war two and like um, Israel and how, how the land was formed. And it, it's, what's really interesting. If you go back and look at some of the maps as to how, how the land was kind of carved out and then the, the settler colonial state expanding. And so I was like, where, where many of my critiques lie are with more so with the state of Israel, not necessarily like with Israelis, of course, what happened to the Jews was atrocious and, Absolutely. and they should be able to live in peace um, and have a, and have a home. And we can't ignore that millions of Palestinians were displaced from, from their homes as well and are continuing to be displaced and are being eliminated in, in real time. And so I was like, when I was in ninth grade, I remember learning about this and I'm fairly certain that my, in retrospect, that my, 
social studies teacher was probably of Jewish heritage. And I just immediately like raised my hand and talking about if I was a Palestinian, I'd probably be mad too. And like just spouting off without really not knowing much, which some things never change. Um, (laughs) Still do that. I was like, now I just have a microphone in front of me. Um, But I was like, I feel like since I've learned about this, I've been really sympathetic to the Palestinian cause. Um, and you're right. It is, it is very reflective of what is, of what goes on here with, with the, the displacement of native American folks and the extermination of native American folks and, um, yeah. And what this country's done to black people too. And so it's like, colonizers are going to colonize. They're still colonizing. And now I think it's in the name of, of capitalism, of um, like that we talk about like global security and global safety, but like security for who? Safety for who? Um, it's generally people who look support. like me. Yeah. Sorry. What'd you say? I was say, because if it's not security and safety for everybody, then what are we doing this for? Well, exactly. And I was like, what's the, what's the phrase? I'm like, none of us are free until all of us are free. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So I think I, I want to, go back to something that you've said, because it's the part of this whole situation that I've been wrestling with. Um, and it was, it's what are the Palestinians supposed to do? Mm. It's because I said for years, they have been crying out for the global community to care about what's going on and to step in to do something. And now you have a group like Hamas, which I'm not condoning what they did, but now that it's happened, the world is up in arms and finally paying attention. Now, many in the West are still not sympathetic to what the Palestinians have gone through. Some of that is just decades of uh, the Israeli government's, Israel's you know propaganda campaign. But there are more people now feeling more comfortable to speak up about the plight of the Palestinians because what do they say? If you make peaceful revolution impossible, you make violent revolution inevitable. And it's Mm. not condoning violence, but it's simply saying these people have been begging, begging and pleading for people to come and help them. But instead, all we did was continuously fund their oppressors and continuously fund the regime that allowed them, that kept them captive and so it's similar to like when when we had when black people decided hey we're going to kneel for the anthem oh you can't protest like that okay all right well we're going to do this tactic oh you can't do that either and so it's kind of like well what form of my protest makes you comfortable said oppressor because at this point we couldn't do bdf we, oh that's anti-semitic when it's like what y'all did the same thing in south africa okay mm. um oh you can't do this because it's anti-semitic and i'm just like the fact that people use ant the word anti-semite as a catch-all for anything that is critical of the israeli government not the jewish people is a fool to me because this is what has allowed the continuous oppression of the Palestinian voice and the silence of those voices. And now I'm like, okay, so we know what's going on. What are we going to do? How how would you resolve this situation? And nobody wants to step on the microphone and actually say that because they're either going to say, 
we don't care about them. Let Israel do whatever they want to. They're going to say, get rid of and disband Israel. Or they're going to be have to force to say the truth is like, y'all need to figure this out as a de- democratic one state solution. Because I don't believe a two state solution at this point is really possible, especially given that Benjamin Netanyahu has repeatedly stated that's not what he wanted. And that government and the people in it have often propped up Hamas as a way of ensuring that Israel never would, that a two-state solution is impossible. So now we've seen how ugly things get. It's it's going to make it extremely challenging to make any type of reconciliation, of course. But where does this end? And I wish that there were more people in the international community, especially with the U.S., considering we're a large funder of Israel. Why aren't we working in tandem with other Middle Eastern nations like Iran, et cetera. It's like, you don't have to be best friends and go skipping in a park, but we all need to be coming together. It's like seeing your siblings fight. And it's like, hey, we can't have this on our watch. People are dying that have nothing to do with the foolishness that all of this is based out of. And it's like, we have to work together to stop it, to contain the violence. That's why I'm like, right now, people need to be mindful of how they're speaking because tense uh, situation is already hot. We need to add no more fire to this, no more coal to this situation. And then once we contain the fire, we need to then eradicate it and figure out how do we rebuild everything that's burned so that it's stronger, it's better, and won't repeat what you said. As you said, I love that. It won't rhyme in the future. And I just feel like no one is thinking about that. It's only about Hamas terrorists, Israel terrorists, and then like, just let them fight. Yeah. I'll see where that's going to get us. Yeah. At the risk of sounding like a woke white person who loves to (laughs) say they have a black friend. Uh, (laughs) I have a Jewish friend whose family lives in Israel and I immediately checked in with him and said like, is, are your family and friends okay? And thankfully at that point they were, and I hope that they still are. And so I was like, I want to make, I want to make it clear too, that like, we are not advocating for any sort of, um, death or destruction against any of these these innocent folks um and what has been what's been really interesting to me as i've started thinking lately reflecting back on just like some of the history lessons that i learned in school and growing up and like we'd learn about these wars or we'd learn about like conflicts and that seems to be kind of like a branding if you will the conflict to make you seem like it's not as as violent as it actually is. The War of Northern Aggression, a.k.a. the Civil Ooh. War. That's what Ooh. they call it now, allegedly. Really? Yeah, some places interesting. Call it the War of Northern Aggression. Crazy. Yeah, and I was, it's like, what I think is interesting is that, like, so many of these, like, empires over history, and I would, and I would consider the U.S. an empire, a slowly crumbling empire, but still an empire. These empires have been at war, like, for all of history, it seems like, and we still are. And I was like, it seems like even my entire life, like I may not have realized that we were in war or conflict, if you will, but I was like, we have been. Um, I was like, we go from one place to another. 
that it might resist, be resisting this capitalism or that like we are trying to to conquer, if you will. Why do you think we have military bases all over the place? Have you ever looked at like a map of military bases? Like we have so many. Yeah. What's really interesting Imagine too is if I was other like, countries had those here. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's wild. And I was like, what we, what we like, that's the thing. I was like, what the United States did to Japan um, with like Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like cruel. Like we are not innocent in any of this either. And like we continue to fund these, these aggressive actions. And I was like, what's interesting is I'm like, speaking of Japan with the nukes, like I was back home over the weekend. I took my nieces to the pumpkin patch and which was which was a a light in this seemingly very dark world. Yes. Um yeah, what's interesting is I'm like, I grew up what I didn't realize in like the nuclear heartland, I think is what it's called. And there's like, oh my gosh, hundreds of like nukes in like Northeast Colorado, Southeast Wyoming, and like the panhandle of Nebraska. And they're just right off the side of the highway. Like it's just hanging out. Um, and so I was like, it was just really interesting. So I was like, and there's a lot of like military activity that goes on back and forth there. So I was like, there's like helicopters and stuff. So I was like, I can only imagine like the surveillance that goes on around those, those areas. And like, we don't see it. Like what is it? What is interesting to me too, is like, we, one of our, like our surveillance um, episode that we did um, several weeks ago has like been the most downloaded episode of all of them that we've done. So if you haven't listened to that, go go back and check it out um, and let us know what we said, because I have not gone back and listened to it <laughs> at Call Me Limbo Pod. But um, what's been really interesting is I was actually out shopping um, a couple of weeks ago looking for some like repair and maintenance supplies around my house. And I've started noticing more like like closed circuit television security stands with like blue and red lights sort of things um, in parking lots around around town. I don't know if you've seen them, but like mm. I. OK, so it's like they're surveilling they're surveilling people of color primarily. Is that where I see more of these more of these cameras? And when I went to go um, get what I needed at this place that has their employees wear orange aprons. They, um, this, this camera, this camera stand was playing classical music while it was surveilling us. Um, which was just (laughs) so dystopian and just like unbelievable that I was like, this is in like plain sight. Like so much of this stuff, all of this stuff that we're talking about is hidden in plain sight. And so it's just, it's just wild to me, whether you think about like war, whether you think about like corporate greed and profits and the quote unquote economy, like all of this stuff that they're doing is, is right in front of our faces. Like it's so blatant at this point. Yeah. I was like, I think sometimes with surveillance, I feel like that's one of the areas that I've noticed I'm not necessarily as left or libertarian as you are on it, but I definitely think that, no, but I mean, (laughs) but it's a genuine viewpoint that a lot of people share. Like for me, I'm like, I don't like it. It's not something that I wish existed, but I feel like in more public spaces, like in people's houses and stuff, that's ridiculous. But like in many of these public spaces, unfortunately we've seen so much happen. And when there is no footage, 
where there's nothing there, people are often, it's just kind of, I'm sorry, y'all, I don't know what to tell you. But I said to me, it's like, well, let's get to the root of why a lot of these crimes are happening. Are there bad people that just do bad things? Unfortunately, yes. But I think a lot of the stuff that we're discussing are is like, well, when you underfund these these locations, these communities, when they literally don't feel like they have access or any other option but to steal, and unfortunately steal through violent means, what do you think's going to happen? Just adding a camera to catch it is literally just catching it on camera. It's not fixing the issue. It's kind of like they said, you know, race relations in America, you know, isn't that this necessarily have gotten quote unquote worse. It's just that now there's it's on video. And yeah, it's great to see what's happening, but if we don't address it and stop the root causes of it, what are we just watching movies now? Like it's just a documentary for documentary sake. I don't know. So I think with, but it is very weird that they were playing this classical music to me because it's kind of like, why is it playing music? Like it's one thing if there was just music in the parking lot, but for it specifically to be playing music is kind of like, yeah. Is this trying to lull y'all into this false sense of security? Like <laughs> literally, maybe I'll, well, and so actually there's been studies about this. I was, I don't remember who I was talking to um the other day, but they were saying that like playing classical music in spaces um is like an intentionally classist, like especially at, like certain volumes, is like an intentionally classist move to like push people push quote unquote the lowers. Um, out like they used to do it oh, wow. at the golden arches downtown that has since closed that was like a like a respite for many unhoused folks who would go in and get something to eat or like seek like a temperature reprieve from either the the heat or the like the freezing cold and but they would start play, they would play really loud classical music and so i was like what are we doing in terms of like our lived environments and how are we shaping them um to like to indicate who is welcome there and who is yeah and who is yeah who's invited into that space and and made to feel like they're yeah they're supposed to be there that's heartbreaking and it's again to quote the great lauren hill it could all be so simple but you'd rather make it hard. And that's how I look at a lot of our issues. That's why I love when Marianne Williams says, it's not that the solutions are complicated. It's just the system is corrupt and it is designed to perpetuate itself. Like that's why when I see these, I see so many Democrats saying, oh my God, I really want, and I wish we had someone other than Biden. By the way, PSA, we do. You can vote for Marianne Williamson in the primary. But it's like, as soon as you say that, they're like, well, the fascists are at the door. Oh, and if we, um, what is it? If the fascists are at the door, oh, well, we don't want to divide the Democratic Party. And I'm like, no, by not giving people their free choice, the freedom to exercise their voice and select someone else, you are dividing the Democratic Party. Like that has pissed me off just as much as anything else throughout this primary season. The fact that people are pretending that it'll somehow hurt us having a primary, like it literally doesn't make sense. The Republicans don't need help to fight Joe Biden. They're going to just yell socialism every two business days. <laughs> that is not going to do anything. And the fact that Joe Biden, Joe Biden is literally only holding on based on the fact that he thinks enough people will hate Trump enough to come out. But if Trump were some magic way lose and it's just a standard Republican, I highly doubt he'll beat them. 
because they yeah. don't come with the baggage of Trump, even though many of them are actually worse. Yeah. Well, that's a, democracy is on the ballot. Democracy has been on the ballot every single year I've been able to vote. They say that every time to scare us into like the duopoly, the illusion of choice, if you will. Yeah. And I was like, this is not an endorsement of Donald Trump at okay. all. No, no, I I would never. I, I would, would stay never. Home. Yeah. But like, but um, Donald Trump gave us cash payments. Donald Trump, like, like under his administration, like had Operation Warp Speed to like develop a vaccine in record time. Donald Which is Trump actually something administ- his people hate. I don't know if you know that. I that's know. like a big thing that the Trump supporters hate. And I'm like, that's literally the best thing he did. <laughs> right. 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 And I was like, he did probably save a lot of lives by doing that. Like that was a pro-life move, if you will. Um, or maybe it's because my vaccine um activation has not gone into full effect yet with the fema alert um oh yeah that is that is not not Mm. true we are not promoting misinformation here however um yeah but also thinking about like who under whose administration did the student loan payments start up again like that is going to impact the economy that is going to impact how much money people have um to spend i was like it is so intentional now at this point to see like how the people who are supposed to look out for us and protect us and serve us as public servants are literally intentionally trying to force a recession if it isn't already here. And I was like, I had heard something somewhere a while back, like that said, like the, like if adjusted for inflation, the average like wage during the great depression now would have been like in the 80,000s for like a sub- I know what yes so yes and so it's like, yes and so it's like we like we have probably been living in a recession since 1929 um whenever that yeah whenever that happened and so it's just it's wild to me to think about like especially over the last like several years, who has gotten richer, who has gotten poor, like, and just thinking about like, I assume now, like I have just start, like I identify as a lower, I self identify as, <laughs> as a poor, a lower, um, and old. Um, but like, I say that because I'm like, I just pretty much say anybody who is not a millionaire or a billionaire honestly is probably poor like the this upper upper middle class lower middle class like all of that stuff is just another way to divide and conquer us and make us realize that we have like and make us think that we have less in common than we actually do like there should be solidarity in class there should be solidarity in race there should be solidarity in like in in everything um and i was like and i think if we did and realized that like the quote-unquote rich are the only dangerous minority like i think we could really make some like truly systemic and sustainable change that would benefit so many more of us yeah but you have to convince most people aren't plugged in you have they are then when they are plugged in they're on an artificial you know, artificial uh, nutrition system, aka the news media, and then when you come out trying to correct the the misinformation, you sound like a crazy person to be like, "Hey, you know, we actually do have money to fix to like 
fund whatever we want. We just have to make sure we're mindful of real resources. And it's like people are starting to connect some of the dots, like, because they're like, hey, how come we always have money to send over for these wars, but we can never do anything here? And I'm, I'm grateful to see that. But you still need somebody that'll come in and connect all the dots, like to really present the picture the way that it should be seen. And I, I don't know, it bothers me. I'm just like, there is no democracy in the duopoly. At this mm-hmm. point, I'm convinced of that. And the Democrats work overtime to squash any dissent in the primary and literally could care less whether they win or not in the general, because to them, it's all about if we can't maintain the status quo, then we would rather let it go. And I, you watch that when discussing Bernie, like they literally were saying that Bernie's, I mean, Biden's own staffers were saying that the Democrats were saying they wouldn't know who they vote for, Bernie or Trump. And I said, the fact that you sat there for four years and called this man everything including Hitler, but then you wouldn't know if you should pick him or the person who just says they want to give health care to everybody. You are unserious. You are not worthy of any of the positions that you hold in government, and you should be eradicated immediately, immediately because you are a fraud. You are no better than George Santos at this point. You don't actually, you only want to do enough to make people quiet, not enough to make people whole. And that's the problem that I have with our Congress and our government system right now is that none of it is designed to make the people okay. Because I promise you, we could send $20 billion to Israel today, $20 billion to Ukraine tomorrow. And if that's $40 billion would pass with no problem. But if we ask for $20 billion to eradicate poverty, they will look at us and say, why don't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and talk about socialism and talk about how we are just... And I think we're entitled to everything because, again, as Martin Luther King said, if they give it to rich people, it's a subsidy. But if they give it to poor people, it's a handout. And I'm sick of it. Yeah, we can't afford it. That's what they say. Yeah, we can't afford it. So I guess as we wrap up, I'm just curious, like maybe one thing that you think we could we could do, what could be like a takeaway to like potentially do something about this? Yeah. I say this, if you really despise or dislike the Democratic Party or Joe Biden the way that you say that you do, the biggest F you to the establishment would be to vote for Marianne Williamson. Because if we actually override them and actually get her to win and beat him in the primary, the establishment would be shooketh. Hmm. Imagine that. And we'd have an option to actually get things done. Someone who is not tethered to corporate America, someone who is not a politician, so they're not they don't owe anything to their friends or stuff like that or the system, we might actually have a fighting chance. I like that. And I guess for me, I'm just thinking about like, I've been, I've been spending so much more time in community with people lately, just like in person. It's been really, really nice. And I was like, even people who have different ideas than me, different worldviews than me. And just thinking like, you know, it is so, it's so much harder to want to commit harm against someone that you know and who you assume good intent from. I also know that most like crimes and like murders are committed against people by, by people who know each other. This so I was true. like, but all of this to say is like be kind to one another, introduce yourself to someone new who you're who you're in community with. And 
And and maybe just try to assume good intent that we are all just trying to survive and we are all just trying to to get to get along. And many of us want want the same things. We're all in this together. Yeah, that was a high school musical reference, in case you didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I that was actually one Disney movie I didn't see. It's okay. Um, I was like, David probably doesn't know this one. No, is it scripted? That's what I there always you say. Go. Yeah, yeah, I don't watch a lot of scripted um scripted shows, but um this was not scripted. This was just a dialogue. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to give us five stars on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps us out in the algorithm. Um, feel free to give us a follow on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and threads at Call Me Limbo Pod. And if you are able, we always appreciate um, a little bit of financial support where you can. Even a dollar goes a long way. At Call Me Limbo Pod on Patreon, Venmo, and Cash App. And in conclusion, like we always say, when they go low, we go lower. So, so call, call me Limbo. limbo. Bye. Thank you.